everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined as always by Dakota Lasky. This is the first, the first episode post Metroid Dread. I feel like we just got to take a moment to to soak it in. When we started this podcast, there was no Metroid Dread. There is no Metroid anything except for Metroid Prime Four, which just got delayed. So, wow, what a what a ride that this podcast has been on, and what a journey we have been on to finally get to Metroid Dread. Dak, yeah, you and I were both playing all weekend. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, dude. It is, yeah. I feel like we almost got to go back and do like a revised history of Metroid Dread now that we we know the full truth. We know what's happened. Well, I guess we until we find out the actual development of this final version of the game, maybe we can do that. But yeah, we actually have the final game. Which is crazy. I actually still have to finish it. I know you have. Um, but I have to finish it. I'll be finishing it tonight. Likely before this episode comes out. But after we're recording it. It's crazy that we have a new Metroid game. And that Dread is out. Because it I mean, it just got like announced earlier this year. And now we're playing it. And I don't know. I, it, it's awesome. I love the game. And I can't wait to get back at it. Because I actually haven't played in a day or so. Because I, I was out for the weekend. So I actually haven't been playing all weekend. Uh, I wanted to... I, I played on Friday and Saturday, I played as much as I could, and then I wanted to finish the game, but I was away for the past day or so, and I'm like, I want to finish the game on stream, I've played my first playthrough on stream, so I want to finish it on stream, so I can't wait to finish the game, I'm really excited, and I'm, I, I yeah, I can't wait, this game, <laughs> game's awesome, very excited. It, it is awesome, uh, which is r- really, like... It's like a sigh of relief. I mean, we we thought it would be awesome. It looked awesome, but to know that it like it actually is awesome, it's like, okay, great. This is like everything is right in the world right now. We've got Metro Dread, and uh, yeah, what like what a what a journey I feel like you and I have been on since starting this podcast and getting to this day where finally we're going we're going to talk about the new two D Metroid game that yep. was like been rumored for absolutely forever. So very cool stuff. Before we get going, I've got two quick things that uh, I want to give a shout out to. First of all, if you do not have... I, actually, I'm going to take that back. I feel like everyone listening to this podcast probably bought Metro Dread. But if you are so inclined, you can head over to the Omega Metroid Podcast Twitter at Omega Metroid Pod. Go and enter our sweepstakes to win yourself a copy of Metroid Dread. Literally, all you have to do is follow the podcast and retweet the pin tweet on our on our channel and uh if you win a copy of metroid dread give it to someone that's never played metroid give it to someone that maybe is on the fence about metroid dread and spread that that metroid word spread the love uh and pay it forward so go and tell your pals anyone that's interested in winning a copy of metroid dread that's over on the official metroid or omega metroid podcast uh, twitter feed and uh if you are also so inclined over on the zelda side of uh, my podcast. I actually had my Zelda co-host Allison play Super Metroid for the first time. So we just did like an hour and a half show about Super Metroid on the Zelda podcast. Wow. So uh, th- it was a uh, it was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool episode actually. It was like it was kind of weird to hear like I take that game for granted and, like things that I just know. Um Allison was like, "Well, I had no idea that you had to uh or like what blocks equated to what power ups to break and stuff like that. So it was it was just a fascinating listen, actually. I think, and uh, we talked about the baby Metroid because she has she is a big thing for Baby Yoda and baby <laughs> things. So she she was pretty distraught. Let's just say. 
Oh no. Well, don't tell her what happens in Ome- in other M. <laughs> yeah. Um so there, yeah, that's over on the Champions Cast. If anyone wants to check that out, maybe we'll release that sometime down the future. It's just like a bonus episode some week. But yeah, it was very interesting to hear her thoughts. But now it is time for our thoughts. Yes. On Metroid Dread. And um Wow, what a game. Maybe we should just Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean really like wow. Let's let's lay down a few um not ground rules, but let's let's just kind of segment what we're going to talk about. So we're gonna we're gonna call this our impressions of Metroid Dread. Dak hasn't finished the whole game. Yeah, first and impression. Even if he, yeah, even if he had, we we're, we're gonna save our thoughts on the story for next week. So this is going to be an episode strictly on kind of like how the game functions in terms of like the controls, areas, maps, difficulty, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna maybe slightly touch on the music, but that is also going to be in a future episode dedicated unto itself, and uh, we'll get really in depth into the bosses in a future episode as well as well as we have mapping Metroid making its return, and I think that we decided on uh, Arteria as our first Metroid Dread area. So tons of Dread content that is going to be coming down the pipe, but for now early initial impressions and um i mean it doesn't really get more initial or early than this but like this game is awesome i think so i finished it i 100 percented it i'm replaying it right now this game is awesome like it i think you could make a legitimate case that this is the best 2d metroid you can make a legitimate case that this might just be the best metroid like period yeah um and and your your mileage may vary if you you know depending on if you're a fan of the Prime style or 2D style, but I think that like there is so much right about this game that it is, it, it's absolutely crazy and it's such a relief because this is going to be so many people's first entry into Metroid to you know playing Metroid for the first time. So this game is awesome and it is, uh, you know, it, it's it's everything that I wanted uh, from a new 2D Metroid game. Yeah, no, this game is definitely firing all cylinders. I will say that it has hit it has hit most of my expectations, so I'm very happy about that. And yeah, I could say at this point it is I mean, I'm not going to I'm going to reserve my entire judgment for when I finish the game, but at the moment from what I've played, it definitely has a case for uh best 2D Metroid for sure. Uh, the game is really awesome. I'm really glad that, you know, the it went in the direction it did. We're trying it was trying to, you know, make the game feel a little more faster, a little more opened up for a 2D Metroid game, a little more streamlined, uh, which made it really fun. I love like the new art style and graphic style they kind of went with, which really made it feel like the right kind of cinematic. So like yeah. like how it's like the cinematics are integrated to the actual gameplay and and the transitions between those, like that's really how it should be done in a Metroid game. So I love the presentation, love the gameplay. Um, hits most of my most of my expectations and made me want to keep playing more, which is always a good sign. So yeah, I'm I'm very happily, um, I don't know, uh, satisfied with the game so far. Yeah, I agree, and, and there there certainly are some things that I would nitpick um, about the game there, and there are some things that. I wish would have been improved or just, just other right. things. So That's like, any game. I'm not, yeah. That, which exactly, which is any game. And we'll talk about some of that stuff, but I mean, the overall whole package is just like, God, it's, it's really awesome. Um, and now I got to go and find a, uh, I, I saw that you had three, no less than three collector editions. So <laughs> I got to go find a frame for those, uh, for those five cards that came with it for all the 2d Metroid stuff. So uh, I want to get that frame somewhere and, and up looking real snazzy, but 
yeah, this is, uh, it, it really is a fantastic, fantastic 2D game. Uh, anyone that's played Samus Returns is going to feel right at home. So I guess maybe let's just talk about the way that the game controls and stuff like that. Because one of the one of the obvious things when you were looking at the trailers for this game is that momentum and movement was going to be a big factor. And it, it really does feel like it's a fast-paced game. And, and to see some of the speedrunners and sequence breakers already just like, going crazy with dread is pretty nuts but even for a guy like me like i'm i'm not good at metroid games but like i'm moving really efficiently i'm sliding under stuff um particularly later when you get the speed booster and you could do like wall jumping which also feels very easy by the way but you could do wall jumping and sliding and just it, it feels really really nice mm -hmm. um to control i will say that uh i was anticipating the other joystick being used for something and they they didn't really use it for anything in particular in fact i don't think they used it at all but um for the most part i think that it is like very very fluid obviously you know it, it's um it's the same engine as samus returns where you've got the free aiming and you've got uh you know that ability to use missiles and stuff like that but they definitely do take advantage of all of the different um buttons available on the switch so yeah i, I think like just in general, it, it controls really, really well. feels really fluid. And you have, like, a ton of different, um, a ton of different, like, options. Like, you've got the Phantom Cloak assigned to one button. You've got the Speed Boost assigned to another button. Missiles are one. Free Aim is one. So, it's, uh, it, there's a lot of, like, different button mapping. But for myself, I, I always felt like I was, like, pretty in control, pretty fluent with, um, all the different configurations and stuff. So, Simply, yeah, simply moving around and, and firing in, in one all uh, felt felt really, really nice. I would say this game probably feels like controls the best out of any 2D Metroid game. Like, bar none, it feels awesome. It takes a little bit to get used to, like, certain aspects of the controls, I think. Like, having the grapple hook on, like, my right trigger, I think it is. Like, that was kind of weird when I think it's usually on, like, the left trigger or whatever in older games. Um, stuff like that was kind of weird. And then, But, like, I love, you know, the Phantom cloak like being like the right stick input or left stick input like just the actual like click in um having mm -hmm. an, you know your own button for other stuff um yeah i think it was really good just a little bit of like it, it was a little bit to get used to at first because some of the controls are slightly different from previous 2d metroid games once you kind of really figure it out and you're moving around a lot and you kind of like actively think in your head like what the you know button combinations are definitely a lot easier and it feels and once you start like feeling really comfortable with the controls then the game really opens up and like i'm flying around i'm you know flash shifting in the air and melee air air countering enemies and jumping around sliding like it feels awesome when especially as you get more and more of the abilities in the game but even at like a fundamental level the game controls as we expected it to which is like just really awesome and sick and i don't know it was it's it i love how they've incorporated the the new aspects of the controls and mechanics, but it still feels very Metroid. It feels very natural, the things that they've added. So, yeah, I think, like, once you kind of get over that initial, how, like, slight differences in the controls for 2D Metroid, it, it feels really good. Mm -hmm, I agree. Um, one thing that uh, that took me a second to get used to was actually the map. And, and I've said forever here, like, a, one of the key aspects of a good Metroidvania is you got to have a good map, and I and I think that Dread does have a really good map, but it's it's very like, it's very different. It reminds me more of like a Metroid Prime style map than like your typical, two D map, because like in the in Super and Fusion and Zero Mission and stuff, it's very like squared off. Like there's no there's no round edges or anything like that. Whereas this map is very like kind of free flowing. You can see the shape of the rooms that you're in, and your map adjusts accordingly. 
and the uh, the the rooms are all color coded too. So like your purple room is your transport room, your yellow rooms are your save rooms, which actually I think is like kind of a cool little um, tidbit to add. But it did it did get me a little bit of or it took me a little bit of time to like kind of get used to that and kind of unlearn what I had learned in, in previous two D Metroid games. Um, I love I love the part where like the map will flash if there is a secret to be found because it's a little bit. Um, in, in kind of keeping with the fact that it's not like as square as the fusion map or the zero mission map or whatever there in those games, you'd have like the little circle that would tell you that there is a secret hidden there. Whereas this game, because it's not so squared off or whatever, the secret or the item could really be anywhere. So I like that it just kind of told you the general vicinity of where that happened to be rather than like it's on this particular square on the map. So I, I actually really, really like that new feature. Um, I didn't necessarily love, however, how you could only highlight, um, like if you're looking for missiles or whatever, you can go and highlight a missile, but you have to find it on the map first to highlight it. I wish that there would have been like a legend or something like that, where you could just scroll down and see like missiles, power bomb expansions, blah, 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 and just select that. So it would show you all of those uh, available in, um, in like the, the current map that you're in. I could actually see that getting patched in maybe a next update or two, but, um, yeah, for the most part, other than that one little thing, I really love the the map in this game and how like modern and and fresh it seemed. Yeah, I, I would say a filter like that would be cool. And I was talking to someone, I forget who it was, on the stream that when I was playing the game previously, and I was talking about how I definitely like the new map where it's conformed to the actual shape of the rooms and not just blocks, which would make it feel so kind of archaic and old. And it definitely needed that kind of modern update. I love the interconnectivity of the map where you have like the different shuttles, but then the teleporters as well and the elevators. So there's all different kinds of ways to get from, you know, one area to the next or to another area. There's even multiple ways to get between two areas. So there's a lot of different interconnectivity and part of the game, you know, the exploration of the game is figuring out like a quicker way to get to an area. Cause I remember there were a couple of times where I was like, Oh, I got to go all the way around that I actually figured out <laughs> the right way to go. And it was, you know, a quicker way to access a teleporter or an elevator or something. And, and that was helpful. So yeah, I, I personally like the map. It definitely had that Metroid prime feel to it in terms of like how it's built, the interconnectivity, how it confirms to the actual rooms. And yeah, that little like, I guess highlight. I honestly, at first, I was like, "Why is my map blinking here?" Like, I didn't understand, <laughs> and I'm just like, "What is what is going on?" I finally figured it out later. Um, yeah, there's a lot more utility in this map. Feels a lot more updated, streamlined. I like that. I, I kind of use the uh, the place markers here and there. It, it, eventually, I would start to use them like later in the game where I was, you know, trying to keep track of stuff. But you get to a certain point in the game where you remember, like, all right, there's a specific place I know I gotta go after I get the, this next upgrade, and then you get the upgrade, you head back there. So I didn't really need mm -hmm. the the markers as much as I maybe anticipated I would. But um, I, lo I mean, the size of these maps are really big too. Like it, at times, it felt like these areas felt pretty large maybe that would just uh maybe they're not as large as they could be because maybe i could be moving through them a little more optimally using like samus's abilities like the flash shift and whatnot and slides and speed boosters but they did feel pretty big especially earlier in the mid part of the game so yeah i like the map i like the areas um i think it was overall a really solid uh i guess integration of previous elements of the map and then kind of new enhancements that they've introduced in this game yeah yeah and like you're right, man. The, the areas are massive. Yeah. And actually, there's there's more areas than I thought there was, too. There's a couple extra areas that I don't yep. think were in the Dread Report. So that was very cool. But 
Um, yeah, just talking about the areas for a second here. I, I really, um, I really actually quite like the different areas in here, and, and we kind of got a glimpse of them in the Dread Report, but like really kind of sinking your teeth into the specific areas. I feel like Arteria was like a very like just a really great kind of start off point for this game to have. Um, and, and just kind of themed in that way that like it kind of reminded me of Criteria, but also it kind of has that like sleek ship feel in the Emmy zone, particularly from like Metroid Fusion. Mm-hmm. So I, I was really down with um, with Arteria. I think that uh, Kataris has that uh, like obviously that Norfair kind of vibe where you've got all the, the cool magma going on. And like, there's so much good stuff happening in the backgrounds of, of all of this um, that the, it's you know we could sit here all day and just point out like the little cool features and stuff. But each each kind of area had their own like I don't know like feature or whatever that uh, really stood out and made them unique. I, I think that these are going to be something as we play more that like we're gonna look back and say like the areas of Metro Dread were like really really awesome. And actually, when I was playing, and I was just like, man, there is a lot of areas. I actually kind of had a flashback to Axiom Verge, which also has a lot of areas. And I was thinking, like, yeah, but those areas all, like, really kind of look the same. Whereas, like, in Dread, like, each area has, like, an identity. Like, Berenia's the water area and, like, the... I can't remember the name of the forest area. But, like, there's the underground forest. And you've got the... You've got uh, Dairon, which is, like, almost like the uh, the haunted area at the beginning when it has no power. And then it shifts into this, like, big industrial complex. Like... Each one has their their own vibe to it, and I and I think that they, like you said, they they kind of interconnect in a way that I was really hoping that they would. Um, being that this was a sequel to Fusion, you were you were kind of limited in that game with how the areas interconnected based on kind of the, I guess the drawing of like the BSL in, in real time. Yeah. So you, all, you had almost two sectors that would connect to each other, and that was it. I love that like this area interconnects in that way, and there's the teleporters too that like. They interconnect without literally having you like take an elevator to it. But mm-hmm. like, if you have a yellow teleporter in uh, in one area and you have like a yellow teleporter in the complete opposite area, if you take that, you're probably going to find like a secret or um, a, a vital power up. I-, I thought it was just like really well done. Yeah, you know, my thing is is that I'm I'm half and half on the dread locations because. I think they are really good. Like when you're inside those actual areas and you're in, you know, the water area and, and Arteria and all these different places, like the backgrounds are beautiful and you have these really cool environments with depth and like these little animated like creatures in the background moving around and whatnot. It looks great. Like the lighting effects are awesome. When you get into the later um, areas and it's a bit more like there's more like architecture that's kind of native to the planet. It looks really cool. Um, I wish they kind of took a bit more risks in terms of the areas because it's kind of it gets to that like kind of gamey point like okay you have the generic kind of starter area you have the the hot area you have the area that's kind of more cold you have the water area you know like the general video gamey levels that you kind of get and I wish they had taken a bit more risks in terms of coming up with like unique locations and they do do that in some places when you know especially when the game starts to get more into like the Chozo aspects of the story but um outside of that i you know i feel like some of them aren't as memorable like i feel like i'm not going to remember some of the areas of dread as i would some from previous games but maybe just because i've seen these theme like these themes over and over again you've seen the cold area before the hot area before um but then like there are iconic or like i don't know really memorable shots in the game that you remember from like 
the gameplay and reveal earlier and then they show up in this game here like you mentioned like uh in the, the like the lava area when you're moving through that tunnel and you see the big like huge i don't know what it is like the big structure in the background i guess that's like dealing with the thermal like generator and like you have to eventually turn that back on later in the game and you kind of run by that at one point like that's a really awesome visual so they take advantage of the themes and like like aesthetics they've created for each environment. I just wish they took more risks in those like fundamental ideas. But what the ideas they picked, they did a really good job. The, the visuals are great. Like the environments look really awesome and lived in and and natural and like vivid, which look really cool. So I I love all like the 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 water area. I forget what it's called. It starts with a B. I'm forgetting all the level areas with like Arteria and whatnot. Um, like that water area is sick. I love like the torrential downpour and like the huge waves as you're like getting in and out of like a shovel oh. nearby. Like, yeah, that stuff is, per Man. that stuff is perfect. Like I, that is awesome. Like depictions of those areas. So I think they really nailed it in that respect. So yeah, I love a lot of the areas in this game. Uh, dude, I, I actually wrote down in my notes. Um, I was like, when I got to Berenia, the water Berenia, area, yeah. and, like, you you see, like, the waves crashing, and, like, the, I, I gasped aloud. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this just looks, like, absolutely spectacular. Looks um, sick, yeah. it, it, Oh, my God. It, it just looked, like, absolutely so incredible. I, I can understand what you're saying, actually, about the, um, the kind of video game area. Because, like, each area definitely is themed. But I, I think for me... I'm okay with that, even though it is kind of, you know, like you said, video gamey. I, I think I'd rather have my areas just have kind of a, a unique identifier, even if it is kind of something we've seen before and treaded before. Yeah. Um, versus, you know, versus maybe them kind of running together. But uh, like you said, like uh, Ferenia, which is the big Chozo city. I mean, that, that place just looks absolutely yeah, awesome. And absolutely. it looks like somewhere that was lived in. There are some other areas that look very, very cool as well, which we'll save maybe for uh, next week. But yeah, I, I think that they like they did such a good job of the areas. Each area also, which we'll talk a little bit more when we do uh, mapping Metroid. But I think that each area has at least like one absolutely bonkers Shine Spark puzzle as well to figure out. Mm -hmm. Like there, there's this, there's a lot of really good stuff in all of the different areas. So I, I think that like. If you're, I was imagining, like, if you were a first-time Metroid player, I, I think that you would look and maybe as long-time Metroid players were like, okay, this is the ice area, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think that there's a lot to, like, really love when you are coming in and you're just like, wow, like, this is, like, so cool. And, like, how am I going to overcome all this water and, like, Samus's mobility issues and stuff like that? I, I just, I really thought that all the areas were, like, really, really awesome. Yeah, they were crafted really well. Like, like my point was really kind of nitpicky, like... I think, like, the ideas they went for, they were executed very well. Even if they did go for, like, okay, this is, like, the kind of water area, like, that every video game has, they went, you know, all out with it. And it looks really sick. Like, the, the coral environments look really cool and the underwater areas. And then you have, like, those huge waves at the surface. Like, that looks awesome. So, like, I, I even if, like, I might have liked them to go at an idea level a little more risky, um, the execution of the ideas they came up with were awesome. So I'm okay with it. I think my only real issue if i had to pick a real issue is that all the area names just blend together for me bro like you have arteria criteria Boraria, nameria like they're all the same and i'm like dude what, what i don't know which one is which like i wish like they're kind of like you write your first sci-fi story in first grade and you're like as a kid you don't know like what cool names to come up with so they have that same like generic sci-fi like naming scheme that this game has 
Um, which again, very nitpicky, and I don't really care. I just thought that was funny because like another area come up, it would be like Ferraria. I'm like, oh, dude, <laughs> come on! You could have spent a little more time coming up with some cooler area names. Um, uh, no, no, I, I agree with you. Actually, was funny. Um, it, it wasn't as bad as Axiom Verge. I don't know why I kept thinking about that in terms of the areas, but I like I remember the names in, in that game, and it was like these like foreign language gibberish names so like at least they're not like as bad yeah and, and i think that like as you know as we play dread more like uh they're they're going to become more commonplace and more like the back oh, of course we're gonna be able to, to rattle them off but like yeah I, I agree like i i think that when you when you play metroid prime you can very easily easily know the names. I, I think you i think you have an easier time remembering those names probably because there are two words and also probably because there's generally less areas but like you know, everybody remembers Sanctuary Fortress or Aegon Wastes or because it's like a mix uh, of a, it's like a mix of a unique name and a common word. Chozo Ruins, yes. you know, Fendrana yeah. Drifts, you know, it's like a combination. But like here, it's just a random, <laughs> unique name. And you know, if it was yeah. like Artaria Ruins or something like that, it would be a lot easier for me to remember that. Of course, I'm just you know kind of joking about it, and because this that's the thing with this game is that you gotta get very nitpicky because like it's all overall really good. And, like, the things that, like, it's weak on are very, like, minor in nature and aren't really important at the end of the day. I think in most cases there are some things that are an exception to that. But, like, for this, like, this is, like, all the areas are really awesome, but the names are kind of eh. You know, like, who cares? <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, overall I think the execution is really good. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Um, okay, well, talked about the areas. Let's talk about the giant area within an area, the, the main selling feature or one of the main gimmicks of metro dread is of course the emmys oh, yeah. and the emmy zones um whew, dude i, I love these. saw uh, i saw more game over screens than i've seen in my entire life i oh, think yeah. playing metro dread yeah my god i think i've died i want to say 250 300 times i want to say at this point playing the game in an emmy zone or outside an emmy zone 100 yeah it's it's bonkers but I, uh, I I really actually really like the Emmy zones and they're they're much better and they get progressively better as the game goes. Oh yeah. But when I when I saw them, I was just like, okay, this is going to be kind of a cool stealth gimmick and uh, and whatnot. But it's really really like it's really well done and and I don't know I I wasn't expecting it not to be well done, but maybe I was just expecting me not to like it as much as I did because it's like it really does create like the perfect amount of of tension and uh you also have like a really like you have a wide variety of ways to deal with the emmys if you want to be stealthy and use your phantom cloak if you kind of want to be you know a little bit ballsy and, and jump over them which i've tried to do a couple times here and oh there. yeah i gotta you um, gotta do that yeah it's it there's a lot of like really different rewarding ways that you can deal with the emmys and, and i really just like enjoyed outsmarting them but also when the thing is chasing you uh -huh. particularly <laughs> as you get further into the game and like maybe, maybe let's just stop at the yellow Emmy because the yellow Emmy, uh, and we won't talk about anyone's after that, but the yellow Emmy has the speed boost function and he, Oh my God. He goes, he goes after you. It's like, Oh my absolute God, this thing is gonna just kill me as soon as he catches me, which he did a lot, but I really, I really enjoyed the Emmy zones. And I really did also appreciate how they, um, would just bring you back to the start of the yes. Emmy zone if you died, which is important because I think everyone listening to this has probably died about a hundred times at least. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed 
the, these zones uh, more than I thought that I would. It was it was tense. Mm-hmm. It was fun. You can see the SAX kind of inspiration behind it, particularly when they're chasing you. I'm a big fan of like stealth gameplay, so this was like really hitting on all cylinders to me. And I did like too that you could like it. It, it took you a long time, but it didn't take you like overwhelmingly long in order to get the omega cannon and like no definitely not you know defeat the emmys so i I really appreciated that uh but yeah emmy zones were like a really big highlight of of the game for me as i think that they probably were for a lot of people one thing i was worried about when they were first announced like they called them you know emmy zones they were in their own room and i was like oh that's kind of disappointing i was hoping the emmys would be like across the entire area you have to constantly worry about them and not be just relegated to a single like zone or room but then when I learned that these Emmy zones are actually really big and they're like kind of the core of each area and they spread out and branch out in different areas, I love that that much more because it's a nice balance. It doesn't take up the whole area, but there's, you know, each zone is multiple rooms that you kind of have to work through. And yeah, the, mm-hmm. the Emmys are so sick. Like I'm one of, you know, I almost never did the stealth thing. There was a point in the game where you kind of have to, like they're that like strong and relentless and they are really relentless, which is sick. They're like the SAX like times a hundred. They're so much better. I love the Emmy encounters. Like, I'll just be like, all right, I'll run in and, like, quickly try to get across. Like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, and, like, just freak <laughs> out. Like, and then, like, gets, it's like the episode of SpongeBob where they run through the perfume zone. They run through the perfume department. I'm like, oh, my God, like, just get to the other side really quickly. And then, like, you get to the other side, like, whew. All right, you made it. And and it's so worth it when after, like, dying a few times and you finally actually get through or when you finally kill the Emmy. Um, the a yellow Emmy in particular is is – such a oh my god i have so many words i could it say it took me forever and, to get the right spot well that's the that, thing about the that, that emmy god. is so i think really awesome about that boss fight is that a lot of that zone doesn't have like a really long stretch of area i found to like take it out yeah. all at once like you'd have to use the omega stream first like blast off it's like face shield or whatever blast its head off at first then run away for a little bit and get set up again for the final shot with the omega cannon and i love that kind of like multi-phase setup on the boss because like even when you get that first omega stream done you're like oh it's so close you finally blast it off you still got to run away and get into position again um it, it forces you to use all your different like the things you use like your gravity or your your grapple beam your flash shift of course your flash shift this game would be unplayable without the flash shift as far as i'm concerned um i don't think i ever even tried to counter the emmys because i would be too afraid and to get into the you know quick time oh, event as soon as that emmy gets you you're toast i didn't counter him once oh i i've definitely gotten the quick time event multiple times but i've i've never tried to go for an actual melee counter i'm not even sure if it's possible but there are times where i've even tried to like you know jump around and break its angles and you can do it you can quickly get around it and you're like oh my god don't touch me and like <laughs> like yeah i i think the fighting the emmys especially the like yell emmy but even beyond that like this game like every time i was like wow that boss battle was awesome that fight was great it hits me with another one that's even better but the emmy did, did you get to the to the blue emmy i did yet? dude the i i don't even know if okay. i the, i screw the, the blue emmy. Our own rules here because the blue emmy was absolutely ridiculous so after after you get your omega cannon there is nowhere that there is a a big stretch of like ground for you to hit this guy so I, it took me forever, forever to get him into the right spot. And eventually I realized that you had to take the, the spider magnet and go across. Yes, dude. And then that hit him while me, he was on the ceiling. Bro, that took me so long to figure out when you finally oh, had to do it on the God. ceiling. And, but I was like, okay, that was really awesome, though. Because you had to fight it, like, upside down. And when you finally figure out, it, you're yeah. like, ah, oh, finally. Screw you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my I, God. I felt so smart after, even though I, like, really was so dumb. Because it took me, like, 
50 tries to get in. But... Yeah, dude, the Emmys oh. are so sick. I think they're some of the best implemented uh, enemies in not only a Metroid game, but just in a game period. Like, I, I loved fighting them. They're so cool. I died I, I died a ton of times. But it was so worth it. And it was very satisfying. When you finally get your comeuppance on them, and you finally take them down, you move on, and then you can move through the Emmy zone, you know, as, as far as you want with no concern. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I really, really uh, well implemented part of the game. One of the best parts of the game, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree, and I and I do like too that like once you do like eliminate the Emmy, the the Emmy zone really just like integrates fairly seamlessly in with the like surrounding area. Mm-hmm. Like it, it there it's populated with enemies. It's populated with, I guess not um, environmental things because those are already there. But like you're more free to to explore a little bit since you obviously don't have the emmy chasing after you so yeah the the emmy zone itself is is massive which is very cool and gives you a little bit of play but uh, i i did like how after the emmy was gone it wasn't just like like you know you know when like you go into a boss room sometimes and you're just like oh yeah this is where i fought so and so and so yeah it just felt like it was part of like arteria or Kataris afterwards which i thought was very cool but yeah man the emmys were just like my god they were so good um oh I mean, what a great, what a great mechanic, a great sense of like just tension, uh, which is obviously what the game was going for. Uh, they really just like knocked it out of the park with these things. And like, yeah, I just to prove that I'm a bad Metroid player. I never countered an Emmy once. I was pressing X at like every which time and Samus just kind of meekly kicked the Emmy and then he like spiked me right in the face. And yeah, I never, I never countered them. As soon as they caught me, I was just like, well, Game over, buddy. Game yeah, over. It's it's hard. The timing is, is not easy. Even on some other non-Emmy bosses, you have some quick time events you gotta do, and, and I got caught off guard and I was like, oh, okay, I gotta this isn't just a little cutscene here, I gotta actually do something. Um yeah, yeah no, I, I, I did get it a few times, and I think eventually, yeah, my, my hit rate went lower and lower and lower uh <laughs> as time went on. But it's it's something that you know, like you said, it's really good that they put you right outside the Emmy zone if you die, so you can just jump right back in again, because that just makes it the replayability and like the the frustration. The replay replayability goes up, frustration goes down a little bit because you know, like, all right, I didn't just lose all my progress after going through that Emmy zone or like forcing you to look for a save room before jumping in. Like they just kind of help you out there, which I think is is more than fine. Yeah, actually, Metro Dread is very good at doing this. Uh, just in general, like it'll start you at a boss or it'll start you at um at an emmy or whatever and like yeah i i appreciated that about this game because it is a hard game which we'll talk about in a little bit here but mm-hmm. uh before we get there i want to talk about some of the new items and just like implementing implementation of items in general in this game one thing that really stuck out to me when i was playing is like man you do not get the morph ball for like a, a good hour into your first playthrough, or maybe even more. Um, I'm on my second playthrough now, and I'm about 50 minutes in, and I still don't have the Morph Ball. And it's like, you really take for granted how versatile that thing really is. And even after you get the Morph Ball, I think it's like a minute before you get the bombs as well. So yep. really made me appreciate those like standard Metroid items. But um, yeah, I, I think that there's like, a lot of really great, uh, there's some really great new items and there's like really good implementation of old items in this game. Uh, Phantom Cloak is one of the new items that I think is like very, very cool. It's not particularly useful in like the second half of the game because by then you can kind of like 
either stand up to the Emmys or you've learned enough about the Emmys to the point where like you can outmaneuver them. But I think that it's really helpful in the, the first couple areas where you get it. So I, I thought that, that was really cool. And it was definitely really nice just to be able, like you said earlier, to push a button instead of like where Samus returns, you had to cycle through all of your like different Aeon abilities. Actually, I really like that about this game in general is that like nothing, like you could just press a button basically for everything. There wasn't any like toggling through yeah. of anything like that. So uh, yeah, Phantom Cloak was awesome. And of course the flash shift was, I mean, like a game changer, particularly for boss battles, I thought. The flash shift is far and away one of the best like abilities in any Metroid game ever. And no surprise because it's an air dash and that just makes any game better. And the fact that you can do three of them in the air, it's so sick. You can, you know, you know, your bar recharges pretty quickly after using them, so you can continue to use them a lot. It, you, you're forced to use it a lot of the time. Some bosses, it makes it a requirement. you got to stay that mobile using that to stay alive. I love the flash shift. It is so sick. It makes this game so much fun. The shadow cloak is really cool. Um, you know, obviously the slide, I think, is a really nice touch as well. It makes just, you know, a nice streamlining yeah. of the game. And it makes sense that the morph ball is, you know, introduced later than usual because the slide is there. Um, overall, I think there's some really awesome, you know, additions to, you know, the game. They kind of mixed in like the diffusion beam, which is a cool little touch. Um, they, you know, it's a nice, like different group of, of, of abilities from previous games. And you have, you know, the stacking, which I think is really good. Like you said, you don't have to toggle through stuff. It, everything just kind of stacks, which is nice. Um, I think overall, my only issue with this game, I think it, this might actually be my biggest issue with the game is dude. What is this game's obsession with making me go through water areas without the gravity suit? I don't know what it is, but you get the gravity suit so late in this game. And Very you, late, and, yes. and it is, honestly, I think it's probably the thing I like or I hate about this game the most is that you go underwater like a dozen times. Like, so, like, I think I this is the most I think I've spent underwater in a Metroid game without the gravity suit. Like, I, like, I was spending, like, an hour or more of game time in these underwater areas, and I'm like, please end me. Like, there's so many times I'm like, this is so slow, or, like, you, you screw up and you fall slowly all the way to the bottom, and then you go all the way back up slowly to the ledge you were trying to space jump to or whatever, you underwater... Like, if there's one thing I could change about this game is making the gravity suit available, like, a little, a, a much earlier. Like, I don't know what this game's obsession is with forcing me to play underwater without the gravity suit, but I hated that. I That's something I would absolutely change. Yeah, I, I agree, actually. I wrote that down, too, where it was like, you, it, it takes a while to get the gravity like, suit. what is the delay? In... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can appreciate that. I... I don't know if I would say it was, like, a, a huge issue for me. But then again, like, I did notice it, too. Particularly when, like, you don't have the grapple beam or you don't have the space jump. Um, that was... Once you got the space jump, particularly, I feel like it really alleviated a lot of that for me. Because then it was kind of, like, a neat little challenge to, like, line up your jumps and continually go. And, you know, you can, you can kind of break that puzzle down that way. But, yeah, when you're... Man, when you're just in the water, Dude. and you're in the water a lot, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a little bit slow moving. So, but that I feel like that was kind of the theme of this game is like you would power ups that you would usually expect to get fairly early, like the morph ball, um, like the like the gravity suit, you're like the bombs. You're waiting a little bit longer than you particularly would, so you kind of have to find different ways around some of those things. So. 
Yeah, I, I noticed that too, but I, I don't know that I absolutely hated it. I, one I thing hated that I it. did have... <laughs> tell me what you think of this, and I, I'm not sure if you got here yet, but I think that the pacing for getting some of these items was a little bit awkward. Yeah. Uh, particularly, you get uh, the double jump in uh, the forest area, which is like actually really cool, but then like immediately after you get the space jump. I think that's your direct next power-up that you get afterwards. So it's just kind of like, it's immediately rendered useless. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Um, and I kind of feel the same way about the um, the cross bombs, which to a lesser extent, because those are still useful if you want to quickly dash across like um, breakable blocks. But you get the cross bombs, which is extremely helpful just for breaking you know blocks in a, in a much faster and speedier way. But then your direct power-up after that is the power bomb, uh, and, and it's not as quickly after that, but it is your next one that you get after that, which kind of renders that one a little bit less useful as well. So I was thinking, like, I, th I think I maybe would have had the cross bombs and definitely the double jump show up earlier in the game so that you can at least get some use out of it before, you know, it is completely nerfed by their, you know, more powerful power-ups. Yeah. I thought that was kind of weird. I also thought the the seeker missile or storm missile in this game was also implemented a little weird, um, because at first it's very obvious that they're only there to open storm missile doors. And I'm like, dude, like <laughs> this could easily be a normal door, but it's not. And they like have this uh, a mechanic in the game just to open those doors. Thankfully, they eventually implemented it into the boss fights. There was like one boss fight towards the uh, like you know, I guess, end of the second act, beginning of the third act of the game, there's that one, uh, you know, Corpius-looking kind of boss that's, like, you know, being experimented I, on. I actually, I actually thought that it was... Uh, actually, I'm going to save what I was about to say, but I thought it was Corpius coming back. No, it was. it's not Corpius coming back. It's, it's the one that's in that room that's kind of being, like... Oh, I, I, I know what you're talking about, but I when I when I saw him, I, I thought that that was Corpius. Oh, first. okay, yeah, no, I did too, but then I realized, like, oh, hey, like this guy's back but anyway i guess there's yeah. multiple ones you know um but anyway uh that boss fight and it's like you have a little portion of that fight where you can use the storm missiles to like deal a little extra damage that's you know clawed to all the different mm -hmm. parts of the wall that was cool i'm like okay that's fine um so yeah i think the the implementation of items overall and like i guess you know abilities in the game overall like are pretty solid ranges you have some that are implemented pretty well or as you'd expected you know most of the classic metroid abilities you have some that are really really good and really awesome additions like the flash shift which is just like so cool and then you have stuff that i think like either comes a little too late or just like it's kind of just there because there's an obstacle and it needs to be unlocked by something which i kind of have the feeling some few things are like something like you know the cross bomb which kind of gets you know uh i guess uh op made obsolete pretty quickly afterward so yeah it's i it's a range. Overall, I'd say it's pretty successful. I wish they took a little more risk overall, but, like, the areas they did take a risk on, like, the flash shift, it, you know, turned out really well. So I'm happy that they... I'm overall happy with the execution. Uh, I will say about the storm missiles, um, I I would have agreed with you, uh, but then, yes, you, you have the boss fight where yeah. you are required to use them. But then, like, particularly in the last boss fight of this game, okay. like, the storm missiles were awesome because okay, you, then that's fine like the the big thing about that is like you can just lock on and even if you're facing the other direction they'll fire so it's yeah. it's a much more effective way of, of dealing damage so i did like them for that all right um but yeah i, I agree I, I wish that the cross bomb was a little bit earlier but i really do like that power up i think it's a really cool idea and i hope yeah. that it comes back but yeah just the pacing of it was a little bit off 
I will say, my god, my god, the speed boost of this game is awesome. Yep, 100%. It's awesome. Um, although, I, one, I guess one small critique, I wish that it would have just activated if you just ran instead of you having to press it down. Because, like, I forgot to press the button down, like, a pathetic amount of times. So I was like, why aren't I speed boosting? But, dude, this thing, like, the way that you can continually use your momentum is just off the charts, mm-hmm. man. Like, sliding and wall jumping. And, like, there's just some crazy solutions to these crazy Shine Spark puzzles that you've seen uh, on Twitter and stuff like that. And, like, it, it just makes you feel, like, so smart and like such a master to pull off these shine spark maneuvers. Um, I will say that shine sparking in mid air is harder in this game, but mostly because like as Metroid fans, we're so used to just like pressing up B to charge up your shine spark. And you don't do that in this game. You kind of have to stop spinning and then press B. So that took a little bit of getting used to, but dude, this shine spark is just like freaking awesome. Uh, it, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's so satisfying to finally have this back in a 2D Metroid and have new Shine Spark puzzles. I'm like a huge sucker for Shine Spark puzzles, so I was absolutely loving. I was loving this. It was awesome. Yeah, it's really satisfying to use. It looks awesome. I actually like the the new version of it because it seems like you might be able to like get a Shine Spark or like you know the speed booster quicker than an older game just by being able to like activate it immediately, like hitting that button press like right when you start running. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. It might just be the exact same length as it was previous, but I, I, I kind of like that. Um, I guess it's like makes the game a little more accessible. So like some people who might not want to activate the speed boost like aren't forced to because it would auto, you know activate automatically in the past. Uh, there are definitely times though where yeah I would be like why am I not <laughs> speed boosting in time or like <laughs> I wouldn't hit it in time and end up just running to the end and be like and I have to run all the way back and then go back and do it again. So, yeah, it's it's something, again, that, you know, just like the controls, you kind of have to get used to it first. But once you get used to it and it makes, you know, you feel more confident in using that stuff, it makes sense. And I think it's implemented well. And I, I like how it looks. It looks awesome. It feels awesome. It's very satisfying to use, like, pretty much every ability in this game, I think, for the most part. So, yeah, really great to, to have it back and and see it. And, and, and it's probably a, one of its best forms in a Metroid game. I Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, what actually one more critique before we move on from items here. But so I was I was going through, and I could see the doors with three eyes and the big blocks with three eyes, and I was like, all right, obviously I need to get the spacer beam here and, yeah. and shoot these bad boys away. And you get the spacer beam, and it's called the wide beam. And I was like, what? Oh, this oh, is the spacer beam. Yeah, it's been the spacer beam since forever. Come on. There's that. There's actually a couple of things with this game that are weird continuity wise about that. Like you have that. You also have the fact that the the various suit doesn't protect against cold. The the gravity suit now does, which like I guess I understand from like a gameplay point of view. Like they didn't want to have the accessibility to really hot places and really cold places open at the same time you know by getting the various suit I, but like i was like I, I can forgive that actually because of like the metroid dna thing I, yeah I really but it just felt so that. weird because i'm like dude i have the various suit why can i not go on the cold <laughs> like what the f-? and then the gravity suit grants you that per- and i'm like well, why would the gravity suit give me cold like what <laughs> like at least like that's when i kind of wish and again i haven't played the end of the game so i don't know if there's another suit you get or whatever but like as far as i know in the game so far there's just the regular power suit the various suit and the gravity suit and that's again where i kind of wish they took more of a risk and we're like oh, i wish they kind of gave us something that's a bit more new now again if there's something into the game i have a feeling there is that's fine 
but I kind of wish that from the get-go they they did more. And that was the thing too is they kind of don't really explain in game again unless they do at the end uh, why Samus's suit looks the way it does. But I, whatever. Um, there are some continuity things about this game that I'm kind of like, uh, all right, I guess. Like that's weird. That wasn't how it was previously, but whatever. Uh, whatever. But yeah, that was something that I noticed. And I'm like, I have the various suit. Let me go in the cold. Like, come on. Uh, they they do not explain that. No, that's I'll just okay. Throw that so out there. that's yeah. But I, I I think that I will say. Uh, so I really love the the various suit, and I love the gravity suit. I just really I think I really like the white on Samus's suit. It just looks really sleek. Mm-hmm. But I felt like um I felt like every suit upgrade that I got, I was like, you know what? I just want to play in like the dread suit with the blue for like yeah. the whole game because I just I really loved how that looked. So like I thought that the orange looked really well. Are really nice as well. I thought that the purple looked, you know, pretty good. But I, I, yeah, I just really wanted to play in like the dread suit for the whole game. So I was, you know, obviously this is just a me thing, but I was like, oh man, I wish I could just like, you know, keep that one suit on or, or something like that because it yeah. just looks so good. But you don't see it for, you know, a lot of the a lot of the game. No, I. But agree. that's a that's a minor minor critique. But yeah, um, okay, let's uh, let's move on. We kind of touched on this actually. No, before we get there. Let's talk about some of the early bosses, and maybe we'll just limit ourselves. We've talked about the um, we've talked about the Emmys. Maybe we'll just limit ourselves to Corpius and to Kraid, uh, and we'll start with our man Corpius. We spent a little bit of time talking about him on our um, Nintendo Minute Watch along, but dude, this guy is a blast to fight. Like a great opening boss. Um, lots of different phases when he turns invisible and he's just like hucking uh, <laughs> acid at you. I mm-hmm. thought it was great. I really love that you can like slide under him at at this point I think you only have missiles you have your slide and you don't really have a whole lot of other upgrades um you get the phantom cloak after beating him but it makes really good use and you have the spider magnet of course mm-hmm. um and it makes really good use of like the abilities that you do have you have to use a spider magnet to avoid the the acid when it goes on the ground you you use your slide in a really creative way. You immediately have to counter after that. You get some absolutely boss cutscenes of like Samus just pumping Corpius in the face with missiles. Uh, the tail was really good, and I, I think the thing about this boss, but actually like every boss in this game, is like it was really hard. I'm I'm sure I died the first time, but like once you nail the pattern, you can do it without like taking a single hit. I was I was really. I think that this might be up there with like the best intro bosses of the series. Yeah, I mean there are definitely some bosses later in the game where even if you know what to do, they still body you. This is definitely one where once you figure it out, there's really no reason to lose. So yeah, it makes it the perfect entry kind of boss. It looks awesome. The environment and like area you fight it in is so sick. But like you know, Corpius himself, like just like any boss in this game, like it's not just like, okay, like you do, you follow the pattern three times, you hit it three times and it's dead. It has multiple phases that are different. It goes invisible. It's spraying acid. It's, it's swinging at you in different ways. You got to slide under it. You got to do the quick time event. Like every boss in this game, like really every boss, the Emmys and all the other non-enemy bosses have like really cool patterns that shift, you know, depending on the phase and forces you to kind of change up your game style for the most part. Um, some There are some exceptions. You kind of just kind of do the same thing over and over again. 
But like, yeah, I love this game where it feels very dynamic and you're jumping on the wall, you're clinging to the wall, you're sliding around, you're avoiding stuff on the ground in the air, you're jumping over swings, you're sliding through and, and blasting it with missiles and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I the creativity and like the intensity of these bosses in this game are some of the best. And honestly, I think this game probably has the best bosses overall out of any, probably even any, any Metroid game, even the Prime ones, potentially. Um, it has a really solid case for it. Some of the best boss battles in the in, in a Metroid game period, and Corpius is a really solid entry because it kind of sets the foundation for all those other bosses where you know, like, okay, like it's not just a simple pump and dump kind of boss. You just throw missiles in and hope it dies. Like, there's a lot of acrobatics. Mm -hmm. You got to move around. You got to use the mechanics you're given, and it gives you a taste of what's to come later. So, I, really awesome boss fight. I I think I agree. I I think that I can say like. Metro Dread might have the best bosses in, in the entire series. Like if mm -hmm. you go boss for boss for boss and, and maybe we'll talk about this more on a future episode, but like every boss is awesome. Like there's, there's not really a, a stinker of the bunch. Um, so I think I could be down with that. I want to talk about big daddy Kraid though. Cause this, I mean, this is far, far and away the best Kraid fight in the series. Yep. Not that we're really comparing a ton, but uh, still this fight oh dude it was so awesome the cinematics of this fight i i felt bad for kraid because he's like he's down there he's captive in the lava he's chained up and stuff but like this was such a wicked fight you had the classic kind of Kraidisms where he's throwing the uh the spikes or yeah. whatever i guess at you his claws stuff his is shooting nails. Up from his belly yeah his claws uh the oh god his belly button just looks absolutely Ugh. grotesque yeah grotesque Ugh. He's got like pus uh, coming out. And it's all like it inflamed oh. and whatnot. And Sam's like, "I'm gonna stick my foot in that." Oh, <laughs> it's horrible! Like, Actually, awesome. so one of the coolest things about this boss fight is, um, which is a cool thing about this game in general too, is like you can sequence break and you can get the morph ball before you get to Kraid. And if you do that, there's actually like a little morph ball tunnel that you can go into, and like you can get in there and like zip right into Kraid's belly button, which is really? absolutely disgusting. I'm pretty sure it goes into Kraid's belly button. Yeah. Wow. Um, I saw a video of it uh, posted from Metro database and it was pretty cool, but yeah, this was, this was like such a good fight and actually pretty hard too, particularly the second half where like you're down and like you're basically just shooting at his gut and you're trying to shoot missiles into his, uh, his belly button. Um, it took me, it took me a while. Cause like in, in most other Kraid fights, you're just like, trying to pump him as quick as you can so he can die before he can really damage you. Whereas this one, you kind of have to slow down and you know, you have to, you have to shoot all of the things that are being fired at you and just like make sure that you are taking care of all of the other stuff before you, you know, go and fire at Kraid himself. This was just like an awesome battle. I'm a, I'm a Kraid Mark. I love seeing Kraid. So it was so cool to see him come back. And uh, yeah, it's just like another great boss fight in a game that was full of them. Yeah, I definitely think it's the best Kraid boss fight. I wouldn't say it's very hard, though. I mean, I think I only died a couple times. Compared to... I'm talking relative to other Dread boss fights. Like, compared to Kraid boss fights, yeah, it might be the hardest. But in terms of the game overall, I died way more in other areas of the game and in other boss fights yeah. compared to <laughs> these two. I think I only died, like, a couple times to Kraid, just, like, getting the hang of, the, of like, the encounter overall. Um, yeah, but it's still an awesome fight. You know, those really sick scenes of Samus, like, running up, you know, Kraid's, you know, body. And and, and honestly, again, th this is the theme of this game, too, is that it was so funny how people are so worried. Oh, they're spoiling the game. They're showing too much. Like, what we saw post or pre-launch, like, doesn't, doesn't even scratch the surface, really. 
of a lot of the stuff you end up playing in this game. And like, even though Crate isn't the first boss in the game, or maybe even not even the second, potentially, he's still, you know, in the early or at least the first half of the game. And it's like, how could you not show this boss fight off? We Even what we saw from the Kraid, you know, reveal didn't give us the whole boss fight and, like, everything that had to do with the Kraid fight overall or, like, the ending or anything like that. Like, there was even more to this boss fight than we had seen, let alone the game. So, yeah, it was no way they couldn't show this off pre, uh, pre-launch. It was a really awesome boss fight. Definitely the best Kraid boss fight until Meta Kraid and Prime 4. And, yeah, I think this was really sick. It was cool to bring him back. It was a really sick, like, evolution of his fight where it's it felt familiar, but it was still, you know, a cool way to make it more dynamic. They had a bunch of different, you know, phases and whatnot, but then you incorporated, like, the classic stuff, him throwing his nails and all that, like, you know, the great crate stuff, you, you know, shooting him in the mouth of the missiles, like, stuff you, you know, fighting him from below as he's all the way up there at the top of the room, stuff you come to expect, you know, parts where you're jumping on his, like, the stuff he shoots out of his belly, like, the spikes, and you're jumping on them to get to the top, like, that's perfect crate boss fight stuff, but it had a nice couple twists in there to make it feel new and fresh, so again, perfectly i think honestly perfectly executed a perfectly executed create boss fight in 2d metroid uh, yeah i agree you couldn't say it any better myself um yeah and when like i said we'll go we'll go in depth into the bosses because uh, there's a lot to talk about a lot of great bosses i i don't know that i would say maybe the final boss fight you could say is spoiler-esque but um other than that i think that you could have shown like every single boss fight and like none of them are spoilers themselves so it, yeah it definitely made sense to show Kraid because you're gonna for non-metroid fans it's like this is an awesome looking big big monster and like for metroid fans it was like oh my god it's Kraid like yeah so I, I really do love that they chose to show off our boy um one other thing i wanted to talk about i wasn't sure if this was like story or if it was uh like a function of the game so i just threw it in this episode and we, we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about it if you don't want but I really do like the way that they used Adam in this game. And I've kind of beat up on, on Adam before, particularly in Metroid Fusion. But he was used in pretty much the capacity that I hoped he would be, which was very minimal. He didn't intrude on the game a lot. He basically gave you like a, a few quick tidbits at the save stations. And not every save station. Um, so I, I did like the way that he was implemented. I will say that if we ever do get a Metroid Fusion remake... They got to do something else with Adam's voice, though, because I couldn't listen to, like, an entire game of, of that. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely points where I was like, all right, all right, hey, 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 hey. Um, you know, as someone who liked uh, Adam and Fusion, I'm going to say I this is one of the parts of the game that kind of disappoints me. Again, I haven't – I can't give a full judgment on any particular character because I haven't seen their full arc. But I can safely say that, at least from, from what I've seen, I, I can come to some conclusions on Adam as a character here. I think my, my thing with Adam is that in Fusion, I thought he was a really good character. Be, as a character, not as, you know, as a gameplay mechanic, whatever, like, you know, thoughts on that. We've said that before. I think he was still fine gameplay-wise in Fusion. But as a character in the story, I liked how he went from an AI who was just an AI to kind of realizing his actual former identity and becoming more humanized as a result. And by the end, he's very much more humanized than he was in the beginning of the game. And in this game, all that character development seems to be gone. Like, aside from maybe one or two lines, 
he just seems like a generic AI. Like if if you told me he was an Adam, you're just someone else, I would believe you because it doesn't I don't like feel at all that this is the same Adam from Fusion. And I was pretty disappointed because one of the things I really was looking forward to in this game was more of that development of of the Samus and Dread or an Adam kind of not relationship, but like them as characters and even Adam as a character. Not that it has to go crazy or anything and like have him have a full arc or anything, but it, I would have liked at least that development not to kind of be. I don't know, ignored essentially, because it doesn't seem like he's acting as he did in the beginning of Fusion, and I didn't really get the same sense that this Adam and Dread had developed, had gone through the same character development that the Fusion Adam did. So I'm as a and as a gameplay function, I thought he was kind of disappointing too, because he kind of just feels useless. I almost feel like he never gives useful information. I would say maybe like ten percent of the time, what he tells you is useful. Like uh, most of the time, it's something you already know. He's like, yeah, you can't go in these hot areas. They're hot. I'm like, I know that, dude. I've already been there. Like, or you can't do this because you, uh, you know, haven't gotten this yet. Like, yeah, I'm aware I don't have it. Or he's like, oh, you're not at full strength. I'm, I'm, I'm aware that I'm not going to be able to take on the, uh, the, the demon Chozo that bodied me in the beginning of the game. Like, I wish he kind of was. I don't need him to hold hand like uh, like hold my hand through the game. But I was hoping he would be a little more informative, or at the very least, if he wasn't going to be informative, or or better guide be a better character in the story. So Adam is definitely one of the weak parts of this. As someone who was looking forward to Dread in terms of the story aspect, that part was a little, did not meet my expectations. So I'm, I'm hoping that the ending kind of gives me a little more of what I'm looking for. I have a feeling it's not going to, but yeah, I, that is one of the weaker parts of the game for me. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I had some thoughts about what you would think, of the story um because i you know actually let's let's just save it for next week when when we do the story breakdown but um i i know that i liked the way that adam was implemented but i wasn't sure that you would when i was playing it so it, it seems like that is the case but yeah we'll, we'll really break that down next week when we go into the story and what our expectations were and, and all that good stuff but um as a gameplay mechanic i i thought that he was more bearable but yeah that voice though is is well, well there's a thing, voice. too, about this game is that it, it exposition dumps on you a little bit where it's just like, all right, a character's now going to talk at Samus for a while, which I understand, is and that's fine, but, like, Adam kind of does that a little bit. He doesn't do it too bad, though. Most of his, like, little sections are pretty short, and I also, I actually really liked, this is something I did like about this, how you can go through, like, the, the event log of the game, and you can yes. go back to what you've done and what Adam has said and what other people have said. That was really helpful and awesome because I was like, oh, yeah, like, this is, I, I don't remember what he had said or what someone yeah, else had said I, or I had done. That. That, was real, that was a really nice touch. So, uh, yeah, like I said, again, a big reason why I wanted Dread in the first place is I wanted to follow through and conclude some things from fusion and the continuity is not all there yet. And I, I want to finish the game so I can make a full determination of that. But from what I've experienced part of some aspects of the game are very continuous and, and like are very uh, faithful to fusion and other things. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like there, I kind of want to say something spoilery right now. Cause it's, it's boiling up in me. So I'm going to say it. So I guess, uh, you know, I don't know if you're still listening and, and worried about some spoilers. But, bro, when you when you let the X out and you can start collecting X and absorbing them like in Fusion, and then when you fight a couple bosses and they have a core X at the end, bro, that 
That was awesome. awesome. I popped. That, that I popped great. off, bro, when the X started flying out of that building, and you can start collecting. I was like, "Yes, thank you." And then, and then when when the core X showed up, I was like, "Yes!" And you're just fighting. Like, there's no like it, it just surprises you with it. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, yes, like this is this is part of the game where the continuity from Fusion and like the faithfulness to Fusion and it being a Fusion sequel is perfect. Like, they nail that. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, this is so like this is a fusion fan i i popped off i was like wow this is perfect other parts of the game like with adam's depiction not so much so again saving till till the end till i finish it but like yeah that like stuff like that made me really excited other parts of it i was like i kind of wish that they had done something different here or done it better but i'm gonna leave my character and story based stuff to the end because I haven't finished the game, but stuff like that Great. reveal with the with the X was mm, the, I I lost my mind on that man. I love that so much. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. And we'll we'll elaborate next week because I I have a lot of thoughts on the story as well. And I there was a few moments where I was playing where I was thinking of you and like what you would think. But yeah, let's get into that next week. I'm really excited for next week's show. Mm-hmm. Um, two other things that I want to cover before we get on out of here: uh, the difficulty of this game. I actually, I think that this might be the hardest Metroid game. I, oh yeah, I really easily. Do. I I think that it is, um, but not just not just because you can like die to the Emmys really quickly in one hit. Like I just think of in terms of like bosses. I think in terms of like the enemies that hit you. By the way, actually, we didn't we didn't talk about the enemies, but like, God, there is just a plethora of different enemy types in this game, and like they're most of them are all awesome. They don't do. There's probably like a term for this, but like they don't do like here's the blue version of yeah. the same enemy and he's stronger. And now there's the green version and he's even stronger than the blue one. So like they don't really do that in this game, which I really love. Um, it, really awesome enemy selection. But those enemies kick your ass. They they hit really Dude. hard. <laughs> yeah. uh, like um, this game is the most challenging 2D Metroid. Maybe I think it's the most challenging Metroid game. Period. I think the most Metroid. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, and I've heard, I don't know. I've heard a lot of people say that fusion is really challenging and I've never really thought that I've actually always thought that fusion was like on the easier side. Oh yeah. Um, I and agree. I guess we also need to um, differentiate too, because there's, there's difficult in terms of like the enemies hitting you and stuff. And then there's difficult in terms of like not knowing where to go. Yeah. I would say super Metroid is pretty difficult in terms of not knowing where to go, but the enemies themselves aren't really that hard. Whereas in this game, I think that it's there's definitely certainly times where it's challenging. You're just like, ah, I don't know where to go. I feel like I'm stuck, especially if you're going to 100% the game. Uh, but yeah, just like the, the enemies just like just smoke you. Like I I did a boss fight, which happened after a cutscene, And anyone that's been there will know what I'm talking about. And I must have died like 50 times to this dude before finally somehow I got it. But I also like... I, cause I, I, there was a tweet going around and, and someone was like, this game is unplayable. It's so hard. It's so difficult and stuff like that. I think that this game is really hard, but it's not like unfair. Like, you know what you have to do, but if you mess it up, that's kind of on you. And it's like, okay, well, like I, I know that I have to execute this this way. It's just hard to do. So that way, when you, when you are able to accomplish that, it feels really freaking awesome. And you're just like, yep. Yeah, like th- this is very, very rewarding. So I think that like it was, it was certainly very hard, which was nice because like my gameplay right now or my game where I got 100% says it's like 10 and a half hours and that's probably closer to 15 with all the times <laughs> that I spent dying. Yeah. But uh, so it was good for replay value, but I, I just feel like it was also like 
such a great way to like make it empower the player when they finally did get it. Oh yeah, definitely. This this game never feels like it's like cheating on you, you know? Like it's not like trying to make it super cheap. Uh but it is challenging. It is very hard. You are going to die a lot. But it, it, and I honestly there were I think the only time where I was like, "Oh, screw this game" is where it forces you to fight the blue Emmy when you don't have the gravity suit yet. And that's probably the only time where I was like, "Okay, like screw this game." Other than that, the the challenge is so satisfying. It really forces you to get good. And like, yeah, it's also a game where even if you know what to do, it's still hard. You still got to execute. And I love that. I, yeah, fusion, I don't think is really hard. Once you know what you're doing, it's kind of easy. The enemies, like the bosses are not very difficult at all. This game, the enemies are difficult. The bosses are difficult. And yeah, you have that awesome enemy diversity. Like I tweeted this out a couple days ago. There was a point in the game where I felt like every new enemy, like area, and even like room I walked into had like a completely different enemy. I'd never seen before. I was like, whoa, like, this is cool. Oh, this is neat. This is sick. And all these different kinds of enemy types. Uh, really, like, complete 180 from Samus Returns, where it felt like there were a couple enemies that were copy and pasted. And this game, they were, like, came up with as much unique enemies as they could, it seemed. Like, there were so many different enemies that were really cool. There was one particular enemy that, uh, if you remember from Metroid Prime, those little, like, parasite insects that would crawl around on the walls. Um kind of uh in like big groups there's like an uh, there's an enemy in this game that kind of like spews out those things and like they kind of fly around like oh similar. yeah i love that that enemy was really cool um there's like one that's fires like a laser from the ceiling um like insects that fire projectiles from all different directions and then like when the x get loose and they start corrupting and, and making like x copies of enemies and you get like the classic kind of you know x variation of an enemy that was really cool. There's like, I, you know, again, this is one of those things about this game where I don't remember the name of stuff. So like, I don't remember the enemy names, but there's like that one, like one of the early enemies that they show off the one that kind of rears up and you, you know, shows its, its end and kind of like slams down on you. The crab looking one and towards the end of like the X, like there's like a corrupted version of it and a look, and it's not just like, you know, a different color. It like has a completely different body type and it looks like it looks sick. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. Like, they really went above and beyond to come up with new bosses, new enemy types, new ways for those enemies to attack you and not just, like, the, you know, the expected patterns from Metroid enemies. Like, they really came up with some awesome stuff. So, uh, plus, you do also have uh, enemies that are, you know, st try, you know pretty similar to classic uh, designs from Metroid enemies and Metroid games in the past. So, yeah, this game, like, goes all out on the cool enemies to fight, and they look awesome. Yeah, they do, and it's, like, super, super satisfying to counter, especially some of the big enemies that just, like, blast them away mm -hmm. uh, right away. But, yeah, this I, I, I really love the, the enemy diversity, and, like, I I was in for uh, the difficulty. I, I yeah. really did appreciate that. Because, like, like you said, it's not cheap. It's not like you damage a boss and, like, halfway through just, like, fills up his, his tank or whatever like that again. And, you know, th mm, yeah. those, when that happens, that feels like just incredibly cheap it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth whereas like the, the games that you they, they lay out what you need to do and it's up to you to execute it um you just need to be fine-tuned and have precision i i'm all about difficulty like that with those games and i think that yep. like with the bosses in particular like the the patterns that they show we were talking about it with corpius but like a lot of the patterns are pretty like avoidable or it, once you study the boss you really do learn how to defeat him so i yeah, yeah I, I really liked the difficulty but i will say that 
for everybody complaining about the difficulty, I think that's totally legit because this game is hard. It is hard. I think the thing is, is that as like, I, I mean, I even went into this game expecting like, okay, I'll be able to beat it in a night and I couldn't. I think maybe just some people might be able to like, they might be going into this thinking, okay, it's a Metroid game. How hard could it really be? And this is 100% harder than any Metroid game I've played. So, like, even as a Metroid fan, it was surprisingly hard. So, I can understand people coming into this and be like, wow, this is way harder than I expected. It's much more of a challenge. And people kind of want, like, that quick, you know, uh, gratification, right? Where they, they play the game and they feel like they're good immediately and, you know, they want to beat it as quick as they can. And this is not one of those games. It's certainly a game that's challenging and might require, you know, a couple of sessions, which is, I think, awesome. I'm, I'm glad it didn't take me one session to beat or even two. You know, it's probably going to take, you know, the third for me to do this. And I'm not even 100 percent in the game. So I I'm, I love the challenge. I'm glad it's not easy. Like you said, I mean, Metroid Fusion is my favorite 2D Metroid, but it, I think it's it's pretty it's, it's not a hard game at all. Uh, it's especially when you know what you're doing, but even when you don't know what you're doing, it's not very hard. This game, like some enemies are just, they hit like a truck and they are relentless and they are on you and they are quick and they are fast and they take a lot. And even, even if they don't have high health, it's hard to take, or it's hard to deliver damage consistently. So it feels like they have high health. So it's, and it's a game that requires you to, you know, have your execution up, which I think is great. I'm happy to have a challenge. It makes it more rewarding when you finally overcome the challenge. And it makes me want to go back because when I was playing this game, I'm like, dude, this is hard just for a regular playthrough on a speed run. Like, I can't imagine, like, to do all of this perfectly and not die and all. Like, I can't wait to give that a try for myself. And I can't wait to see other people who are way better than me pull it off because it's going to be incredible to watch the skill that's going to be required to play this game at a high level and i'm already telling i can already tell just playing it at a low level on my first try where that's going to go so i i'm really excited i love that the game has that like replayability you know fundamentally by being a challenge because apparently there's a hard mode for this game and i'm like dude <laughs> i don't even know if i'm gonna be able to survive that i thought this was the hard mode apparently they're actually like <laughs> like what the hell so yeah i i love that there's it's a challenge and you know what Maybe it's a bit overtuned in some areas. Maybe they'll patch it. I doubt they will. I don't think they should. I don't think they will. I don't think they should. I think it's in a really good spot. And I'm glad it's a game where people are going to be like, all right, I gotta, I really got to get into this and really learn and get good and get better at it to, to advance. But I don't think is, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I don't either. I, and you know what, if they, if they did a patch and they were just like, you know what guys, here's easy mode. I, I think that that would be that's great. That's different. Cause... Yes. If you add an easy yeah. mode, you know, like. Yeah. separate from the current difficulty and the hard difficulty 100 percent. i'm totally about you know accessibility options if someone wants to play a game in an easy mode that doesn't as far as i'm concerned does not change the you know the experience for anyone who doesn't want to play that you know e even for a game that's meant to be challenging i think it's okay as long as you don't get rid of that challenge for anybody else if i can still play it at its current challenge like if it's at its current difficulty i'm okay with that if they patch the game for which this mode was now easier, I would be like, all right, I'm not about that. Add a separate easy mode, then that's totally cool. Because I think part of this game's nature and character is being challenging. So I would, I, I want that to stay. Yeah, I agree. I, I wouldn't be, like I was saying, I, I wouldn't be opposed definitely to if they wanted to add that easy mode. But I, I really actually do like that the challenge is ramped up in this game. Because mm -hmm. like when I think of Metroid games, I don't necessarily think of them as like, typically very challenging so I, I do like that that is there um one thing that uh, that i want to talk about here and then we'll get out of here because we're running long 
is Mercury Steam themselves. They crafted an absolutely yeah. awesome Metro. Hats game. off like, to them. These these guys did just an amazing job. I mean, I mean, it's it's probably time that we start talking about Mercury Steam in like the same kind of breath that we're talking about retro studios. Uh, no. I think that we're getting close. I, I don't I really agree do. with that. I definitely don't agree with that. But they're on the right track. They are 100% on the right track. They're not at Retro's level yet. They're not at the level of other studios. But they are 100% on the right track. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like Nintendo has, has got to invest in this company to, like, keep them working on Metroid. And, like, maybe, you know, if they can make an awesome Metroid game like this, like, Let's hand them the keys to something else, too. We saw what Retro did with Donkey Kong Country. It, it resurrected that series. So, like, I really I really hope that uh, Nintendo maybe goes all in. And I don't think that they can buy Mercury Steam. I think that most of their shares are owned by someone else. But at least have, like, some kind of investment in that studio to, yes. to really solidify that relationship. I actually, I think Mercury Steam is already working on their next game which is not for the switch it's for playstation 5 i want to say so we're probably not going to see anything from them for a while but like man they, they created just an absolutely awesome engine if you copy and pasted this engine and like you just remade fusion or you made a new yep. 2d metroid with new areas like okay great perfect like this is awesome yeah so yeah mercury steam really knocked it out of the park and i i really hope that we see more collaborations with Nintendo, not only just on new Metroid stuff, but just on stuff like new games and, and whatnot. So yeah, yeah, hats off to Mercury Steam. Oh, they they did a hundred percent an amazing job, and, and yeah, that wasn't like a knock or anything earlier. Like I just you know I I still think there's more time needed, but they they killed it with this game. They're they've done an impeccable job for the size of the studio. They're a really solid team of developers. They are you know, seemingly great people and really passionate about the games they make and the Metroid series. And I 100%, 100% agree. They could easily now just be like, all right, we could remake Super Metroid. We could remake Metroid Fusion with this engine. I'd be totally about that. Like, especially you could tell, like now that we know that they originally wanted to make a Fusion remake, you can totally tell that they were like burning to do that because they like added like the X back into this game as like the exact same mechanic as it was in Fusion. You're like, oh, they were just dying to make a Fusion remake. And they like did what they could with Dread to like almost in a way make it kind of like a Fusion remake in some aspects. So... I, I love that. I you know, hats off to Mercury Steam. If anyone from Mercury Steam listens to this or listens to the show, gotta say y'all killed it. Ten out of ten. I, I love what the work y'all do and I can't wait for the new stuff. And that's part of the reason why I hope Nintendo invests in the company, because I'd love to see them, you know, have more resources, have more people. At the same time, I want them to continue to make whatever games they wanna make on whatever platform they wanna make. So I hope they continue to have that freedom and autonomy to do so. Overall, love the studio, love the developers, everyone behind it. So, you know, hats off to them. They really did an amazing job, and I hope they continue to make more Metroid games. Maybe maybe we should give Mercury Steam Star Fox, see if they can make a good Star Fox They should Fox do Kid game, Icarus. no one else seems to be able they to. They should do Kid Icarus. I could see them doing a really good Kid Icarus game. Like, both Metroid and Kid Icarus have, like, similar kind of elements to them. It's a series that kind of came back for a bit but you know didn't really super come back and it's a franchise i think people would appreciate coming back more i could see them doing something like that but Star Fox would also be cool uh yeah that'd be cool if it was like a metroidvania kid icarus because i'm not oh I wasn't yes really about yes the I did, kid icarus uprising yeah, that, that's what i meant i did well i mean i honestly thought kid icarus uprising was really cool but yeah i meant like a, a, a like a metroidvania kid icarus is what i was going for oh yeah 
Oh, dude, give me that in my veins. That'd be awesome. Um, all right. This is our initial impressions of Dread, so we will obviously have a lot more coming. Uh, we're going to do a story dive next week. We're going to do Mapping Metroid for Arteria. We got discussion on the music. We got discussion on the bosses. We got yep. so much to talk about. We'll update you on how the game is performing uh, sales-wise. I think it's on track to obviously be the best-selling Metroid as of right now from everything that we've seen. So, so much to talk about here. Um, again, if you want to get you some dread, head on over to Omega Metroid Pod on Twitter and literally just retweet and follow the podcast over on Twitter. Um, anything you want to say before we get out of here, Dak? I don't know, man. I'm I'm excited to uh, jump in, into the game again right after this and go and play. I'm I'm super excited. I cannot wait. Uh, the game is awesome, and I'm I'm happy Metroid's back, man. It's definitely back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This. This game is awesome. We just can't say it enough. It really is. You're going to hear us critique things here or there, but like, god damn, this game is awesome. So if you have not, I can't imagine anybody listening to this hasn't played Dread. But if you haven't, go get Dread. Buy your friends Dread for Christmas or Thanksgiving or their birthdays or whatever. Let's get this game out in the wild. Um, until next week, everybody, we are at Omega Metroid Pod on Twitter. I am at Spateri316 and Dak is at DakCity underscore. And of course... We want you to check out the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your pods, like and subscribe. Tell that new Metroid fan in your life if Metroid Dread is their first game and they want to take their love of this series to the next level, tell them where they can get their weekly Metroid fix, Omega Metroid podcast. Until next week, everybody, we will see you then.